Welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast, your weekly dose of strategies and mindset tools to build a business in alignment with your purpose and to get you playing a bigger game. I'm your host, Nicole Leno. Hello and welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Leno, and I am here with a very special guest. I'm super excited to talk to you today. This I'm here with Laura Michelle Powers. She is a an entertainer, a celebrity psychic, an actress, a model, a host, a singer, a writer, and a speaker. She does it all. And I am I'm I'm super jazzed to talk to you today. Laura, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I love talking about all this stuff. So it's my pleasure to be here. And tell the, tell the listeners just a little bit about you so that they can get a feel, you know, outside of the, the one line bio that I just read for you. Sure. So ever since I was little, I've always been very psychic um, and very creative. And I think those are really connected. So I was like the kid in the sixth sense, actually, where I saw mm-hmm. ghosts and spirits uh, that looked like live people in some cases to me. So it was very confusing. I thought I was crazy (laughs) because other people didn't see what I did. And I really just tried to pretend that it wasn't there. And I I learned to observe what was going on where other people noticing these things and and try not to talk about things that I didn't think other people saw. So that was, that's a huge part of just my experience growing up. I also was always very creative, you know, um, writing music, acting, singing, modeling. I grew up in a family of musicians. And so, you know, they traveled around and I remember like going around and dancing and singing and, you know, that was just a, a part of it. And then as I got older, my psychic abilities really increased and got to the point where I really couldn't ignore it anymore. And I had a pretty intense experience where a family friend described a ghost that I'd seen, but never told anyone about. And so that was the point where I realized, okay, I'm not crazy because he can't see a hallucination of mine. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. at that point I knew I wasn't crazy, but I didn't really know what to do about it. So I did the only thing that I knew how to do at that time, which is to try to block it all out. And I fairly successfully walked it out um, and proceeded to live my life very analytically. And then fast forward many years, and I was just in a really bad place in my life. This kind of came to a head for me during the recession. And I was physically ill, unemployed, in a bad marriage. And I went to a psychic just to try to figure out what the heck to do with my life because I I felt so off track. And she explained about my psychic abilities, even though, of course, I hadn't told her. (laughs) And it suggested that I take classes and start to really develop and open these back up. So I did that. And very quickly, things changed for me quite dramatically. And I also, at that time, went back to doing things more creatively. Um, So I had, when I had shut down my psychic abilities, I also stopped a lot of my creativity. I didn't realize at the time that that's what was happening. So part of my opening up has been opening up, not just my intuition and my psychic abilities, but also reopening to the creative aspects of myself. And so I think they go very much hand in hand. And even when I create, when I write a song or write a book or, you know, I'm channeling, Um, it's basically, Mm -hmm. I'm using my psychic abilities to bring that in. And, And I'm very prolific. And I think that's, part of the reason, like I have eight books, I have two more that I'm in editing right now because I, you know, it's like having a writer's room in my head (laughs) Uh (laughs) to create and same thing with writing music. I'll just full channel a full song and it just kind of comes to me. So yeah, that's a little bit about the, the background. And as I stepped into that, I had pretty rapid success. And I think that's because I was really using my intuition 
for how to navigate for success and including business. A lot of people tend to think of like psychic is just this kind of spirit or spirituality is this whole separate thing. And I'm like, no, there's nothing more spiritual than business and money mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So I'm very passionate about that and mm-hmm. helping people change and shift their perspective. And a lot of my regular clients are very successful business people, millionaires, billionaires, and you know they recognize the importance of, of this aspect in terms of navigating and making business decisions. Yeah. And I always say that one of the, the greatest lessons that I've learned that I wish that I learned sooner was that business is spiritual. Yeah. If I had if I had connected to that at the beginning, you know, and it's all part of my journey, but I, that is one of the things that I'm like, wow, I wish that I had really grasped that to the depths that I do now. And I know a few years from now, I'm going to say, I wish I had grasped this at this point. I'm going to feel like there was, cause there's so much more to, to, to understand and embody. Um, but one of the questions I had for you, so you have, you have these innate spiritual psychic abilities that you've, you've had since you were a child, but in your experience and what, with what, you know, does, does everybody have these on some level? Does everybody have access to their intuition or is this something that some of us get lucky where we are very connected and we can channel this stuff or, or can everybody tap into it? It just, some people are super sensitive and, and it's open more. Yeah, I think everyone has some. So it's like many different types of abilities, artistic ability or athletic ability. You know, we, we all can participate somehow in athletics, uh, generally speaking, or mm. create some kind of artwork, but not everyone's going to be a Picasso or an Olympic athlete, you know. So we have these abilities, but most people have never even tried. Like we, in our society, that you don't, there isn't like psychic class, like gym class, or you know, mm-hmm. like, it's like not a thing. And that's actually one of the things I would like to see change in our society because I do feel like if we helped people to understand and tap into this more quickly and more easily, a lot of people don't don't do this until they're an adult. Then we would have a completely different world, an easier world, a more gentle world, uh, because people are constantly would be using their abilities to navigate in a way that makes things better and easier for themselves and for others. So if you, even if you don't think you have these abilities, that doesn't mean that you don't, you probably have just never experienced. And only if you have very strong abilities, might you have had some indications of that without training. And, and even still there are those who take my classes, I think just out of curiosity, uh, cause I teach psychic development training and then they realize they're super psychic, but again, they've just never had an opportunity. They've never learned their psychic ABCs, so to speak. So how could they know what they could write or read Mm -hmm. um, when they haven't had that? And do, does everybody, do people experience their own intuition, their own spiritual guidance? Um, Do they experience it differently? Absolutely. Hearing messages, seeing Mm -hmm. things. Absolutely. I think this is a source of a lot of confusion. People think, oh, I don't, for example, see things. So I'm not psychic. I'm like, well, that's just one ability. So there's many different ways that you could receive information. You can receive information um, clairvoyantly. That means seeing clear seeing in French. So seeing images. Mm -hmm. Um, So I see sometimes what I describe as like a a psychic video or images. Mm -hmm. Um, You could be an empath where you feel information in your body. You could be clairaudient where you hear telepathic, where you receive information through your thoughts. You could have dreams. You could have psychometry, which is when you get information through touch, like you actually have to hold something and you get some information. So there's lots of different Mm -hmm. 
ways that the information can come in. And the important thing is to figure out what are your ways? Like, how does it work for you individually? And then work on tapping into that and strengthening that. So, it, you know, for example, one of the very strong psychic abilities is being an empath is that feeling sense. Mm-hmm. Lots of women, especially are empaths, but if you don't understand that that's what's happening, it's, it actually could be, feel like a hindrance, you know, could actually make your life feel more challenging until you learn how to use it, how to navigate, how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'll say like, do you, do you believe in or work with spiritual guides and angels and things like that? Is that part of your work? Absolutely. Yeah. So I work with many different beings, but I work a lot with angels and Mm -hmm. spirit guides as a whole. And angels are beings of light whose purpose is to help humanity and other incarnated beings, but they honor our free will. And this is where I think a lot of people get confused because we have to ask for help and we have to do it repeatedly because we can always change our mind and we have the right to choose our mind. So it's important to ask for help and make sure that you're choosing beings of light. Um, There's gray beings or, you know, beings that are more on the dark side. And so it's important to work with beings that are helpful. And a lot of psychics, maybe without training might just like open up the channel and they're not clarifying who they want to talk to. It's like, you know, don't just open the door and be like, Hey, everyone come in. (laughs) You want to be like, Hey, only come in. If I know you, if you're nice, if you're, you know, (laughs) in service to my highest good. (laughs) Yeah. So I work a lot with angels and people's various different spirit guides that are of the light. I communicate with animals as well. So do a lot of different things, but ultimately it's all about the bigger picture and serving whatever is for the highest and best good for that person as well as humanity. And how can somebody, so you say that you, I know you, you use your intuition. You've kind of, you've used it to, to establish a, amazing success and achieve amazing success in your life. And the people that you work with, you're, you're helping them as the channel to use this ability to, to help with their success. How can somebody who's listening right now start to notice things? What should they, where do they start to figure out how they can use their intuition to help engineer their success or, or at least tap into what's innately part of the, I think we're all kind of looking for our purpose and looking for the, the ways to, how can I move through this world as I'm meant to, that feels good. And, and how does intuition play in that? I think it's huge. Um, you know, we've been in this very kind of analytical, stereotypically male uh, paradigm which is that you have to fight, you have mm-hmm. to work hard, you know, competition kind of might is right kind of thing. And I think we're shifting into a more intuitive, feminine, kind of conscious awareness of the whole and how we each impact each other and that we don't have to compete. Like it doesn't have, there doesn't have to be a losing side, right? This sort of old paradigm is there's a winner and there's a loser. <laughs> And you don't want to be the loser, you know? So the new paradigm I feel, um, which is part of this whole thing of intuition is like, we, we can all work together. We can have something that is a win-win that's beneficial. And that includes in our own life. Like we don't have to have, um, burnout. We don't have to have a lot of struggle to get to be in a good place. And that's what we're taught. We're taught like, you know, that especially a lot of these, um, very successful male CEOs that like, 
yeah, if they have children, it's like their partners are the ones who are doing everything. And like, they just like work 60 to 80 hours and, you know, (laughs) and that's how they get to be successful. I'm not saying you can't do that, but like, that's not the only way. So I think we're shifting to this idea of like, it doesn't need to be this hard. It doesn't have to be a struggle. And you can use your intuition on how to help navigate in the easy way. So I have done many different things that, you know, if you were to use the process for what is our verse told to you, it would take a long time and a lot of money and a lot of hard work. And I, and, and then I use my intuition on how to create certain things and it just kind of comes in very quickly and easily, relatively speaking. So, but we all have that. I'm not, you know, special or unique in my ability to do that. I just learned how to listen, you know, how mm-hmm. to listen, how to tap in. And then you have to practice faith, which is like a muscle. The more you, you use your faith, the easier it gets. And I think that's the hardest part because you might get a an intuitive message that sounds a little scary or is actually very counter logical. And so the most common response is to ignore it or deny it. And mm-hmm. then you, you slow down the goodness that is meant to come your way. So, so how does somebody tell the difference between something that is intuitively coming to them and like a crazy thought in their head? Like, how do you, you see things. So if somebody, I have found that when I, when I, because I have started to rely more on my intuition, trust it more, ask for help. I ask for help from the guides. I ask for, I've, I will step out into that space. Like, yes, I talk to the beings right. of light <laughs> around me. And, and it has been an amazing transformation in one, uh, that feeling that I've always known that I wasn't alone, but now I really trust that feeling yeah. and how comforting and beautiful that is. And things do come through for me. I'm a feeler at this point. I can feel like I get a rush of energy when they come in. I get a rush of energy. I'm getting one now. Um, I get a rush of energy and it comes in a certain way. And so I, I've, I've learned to ask like the yes and no questions. Cause I can't always get, and I, then I ask for them to kind of send me some sort of sign to tell yeah. me how, so I kind of have to work my way around it a little bit, but I'm curious what you help people do and, and, and how it comes through for you. Yeah. So it comes through, through for me in images and just a general kind of feeling. Um, and then also really that energy thing that you're talking about repeated thoughts, references, feelings, thoughts, ideas, those are all things to really pay attention to. Um, and then when I channel and get full on in my psychic mode, you know, that I, I can get some very clear and specific messages, but generally speaking, I'm not navigating my life that way. I'm more just feeling it out. And I think that's one of the biggest things you can do is really pay attention to your body. And it's the strongest for empaths, but even everyone has at least a little bit of empathic ability, even if you're not a full-blown super empath where you can just kind of feel in your body, how are things feeling? So this idea of your gut intuition, how does it feel in your gut? You know, so when you're thinking about doing something or not doing something, does it feel heavy? Does it feel exciting? Does it feel, you know, terrifying? You know, these are all things to pay attention to. And and the trick is that sometimes we have blocks, mental blocks that might make, for example, us to feel fear. And I really recommend learning to connect with your angels and spirit guides, pay attention to signs and messages that you're getting about certain things. Because there, in the beginning, there were certain things that came up for me that were suggested to me that did bring up some fear, but it was the, it was false fear in the sense of it wasn't an actual danger. It was more like an ego fear. 
Mm-hmm. So that'll happen if you're being guided to write a book or do public speaking, or, you know, you might get that, you know, but it's not like a real danger for you. And it's actually going to be really helpful for you in the longer picture. So just ask your angels and spirit guides for signs and messages. And I really do believe that almost everything we want is through discomfort because growing doesn't feel comfortable all the time. So when I'm talking about struggle, I'm not talking about that kind of discomfort. I'm talking about like life is hard as a general rule. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's what I think we don't need to, but we sometimes need to move through that discomfort, which is, you know, our ego minds, our uh, sort of animal part of our brains is often trying to keep us safe. And that means not growing, you know, is the kind of the safest thing from an ego perspective. So when I was starting my business, for example, I got the message to do readings at a local coffee shop and I was brand new out of the psychic closet. So that was a little scary sounding to me, but I just kept getting this feeling like you should do that. You should do that. It just felt really important. And I resisted it for a while. And then finally I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do this. I put a a sign in the window of the coffee shop. It was my friend's coffee shop. And that same day that the first day I was supposed to do it, the managing editor of the local newspaper called and asked if he could write a story about me. And mm-hmm. two days later, there was a story about me in the new- regional newspaper. And literally my phone started to ring with people that were interested in my services. So sometimes mm-hmm. the things we're going to do aren't even what they're about on the surface. Like I didn't really want to do readings in the coffee shop. I actually didn't end up doing the readings in the coffee shop for very long because the whole purpose was apparently the article. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the publicity. And once you get media, you can get more media easily. So it just really kind of got me out with a bang in terms of my business and started me out there and growing my business. And, and, and even though it had felt scary, that idea of being public, it was, wonderful once I got past that. So that's just an example. I think one of the things that trips people up is sometimes the intuitive hit that you get may not be on the surface, what it's actually about. So, you mm-hmm. know, that wasn't about the readings of the coffee shop. It was about the article is about jumpstarting my business. And are they sending you signs? Are you getting signs based on what is part of your soul's path or are you getting signs based on what you ask for? Well, I think um, yes and yes. And actually those things are connected, even though most people may not realize that because your soul's path is a part of what you want on a soul level. But when we get incarnated, we oftentimes just kind of lose sight of that. And the programming that we get through, you know, what we learn in our families and through society may, for example, teach us that certain things aren't what we want, but on a soul deep level, they are. So Mm -hmm. when we think, oh, I don't want that. It's like, but if you clear the programming that you have, you probably do, or your soul wouldn't be on that path. So in my example, yeah, I wasn't taught like that this was a viable option to be a psychic. (laughs) That wasn't in my frame of reference as a child. So did I think that that's what I wanted to do? No, it just wasn't even the realm of my possibility that this is something that I could do. But I also believe that we get signs and messages and especially when we're children. So as an example, when I was in um, middle school, I was in something called 4-H. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with 4-H. Of course. Mm-hmm. So for those who aren't, it's like, most people tend to think about it in more rural areas where you can do animal husbandry and different things. Um, You know, think of things at the county fair, that kind of stuff. Yep. But I was in a suburban area. And so the, the 4-H troop that I was in, we did things like painting and drawing and cake decorating and like jewelry making and (laughs) 
things like that. So we were doing a fundraiser for our 4-H troop and we decided to be fortune tellers. <laughs> so, so, so we got dressed up very un-PC, you know, uh, stereotyped whatever we thought a fortune teller looked like. Um, mm-hmm. And I was, again, in the newspaper as like a 12-year-old for fortune telling. So I found, I came upon that recently and I was like, oh my gosh, that is so funny. Like it was just kind of a joke to me at the time, but that was a sign that was was like, (laughs) like, Hey, but in my mind's reference growing up in the society that I did, that was never something to take seriously, Mm -hmm. except now I know that it is. So it is a part of my soul's path and journey, but it wasn't something that I thought I wanted And then once I understood more about it, I realized, yes, it is. So I think that happens with a lot of people where they think they want certain things consciously and they don't even realize on a deep soul level will really make them happy. And so your soul's path is never about something you don't want, but you sometimes have to release some ideas or beliefs in order to allow it to come into being and for it to feel good for you. Yeah. And I I, I think that like my experiences with people in in a slightly different way, but as a coach that, you know, people are looking for that. They're looking for someone to give them permission almost to follow, to follow their intuition. They have this gut feeling, at least the women that come into my world, that's who I seem to attract are the people that are like, can you help me dig out this, this authentic being that I know I am and, and do this thing and, and be out there in the world fully and completely me and, and to be this way. And that I feel like that's sort of the first flash of intuition there that we're often saying, no, that's not practical or no, that, and, and that's where the beliefs come in. No, no, no. That would seem like, I seem like I, you know, I think I'm all that if I do that, or that would seem like this, or that's not safe for this reason. And it never stops calling you. Absolutely. And if you're in a place where things are falling apart, it probably means you haven't been listening to mm. that aspect. Cause that's what happened for me. I didn't know to listen to all of this stuff. I mean, again, we're not taught this. And so during the recession, my life fell apart. Like I was physically ill. My, I realized my marriage wasn't what I thought it was. I was unemployed, broke, um, you know, I was on sleeping pills. <laughs> it was pretty much a mess. And so I'm just sharing this because, you know, things seemed to just be getting worse and worse. And if I had continued to not listen to my inner self, then likely they would have continued to get worse. I probably would have gotten even more ill, but I learned to pay attention. And then I kind of got back on track onto right. the easier track for me. So if we're struggling, then it, it probably means that we're just not in alignment with our true self. And so I think it's really important to learn to pay attention to that. And, and, you know, there's lots of teachers, I teach classes, you know, books and so many resources out there to help you one connect with your angels and your spirit team, and then also reconnect with yourself and what is for your highest path. And, And frequently people cannot even believe on a level that they can have all the amazing things that they can have, Mm -hmm. you know, so we, we tend to have these kind of edited dreams, if that makes sense. It's like the dream that I think I can have, or that's like acceptable to have. And it's like, is that really what you want? So when you're going after something, that's your goal or your dream, and it's not really true to you, you won't have success. So I see that as well. 
Yeah, for for sure. The the like the approachable dream. Yeah. <laughs> the one the one that like seems access- acceptable to the world and doesn't seem so far-fetched, but it's not really what I want. What my heart really wants is one that seems out of my reach. Yes. I think it should feel exhilarating and exciting and also a little terrifying or maybe even a lot terrifying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I'm curious, we were talking a little bit about like, we, you know, we have to ask for help. And I love that you call it a spirit team, because I, I think that that can help people. First of all, remind you that there's a team working with you, that you are not alone. And when you need help, you can kind of look around like a staff, <laughs> you know, and, and be like, I, I, I need help right now. But what can you ask for help with? And is there a right, not right, but is there a more effective way of asking for help? Sure. So I think they can help with just about anything as long as it's kind and loving, (laughs) you know, so courses and, you know, that sort of thing. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, really almost anything is on the table. And from the perspective, I think of the angels, there also aren't like big and small problems. Like everything is just energy and Mm -hmm. also certain things. I think sometimes people think, oh, that's petty or, and it's like, if it's helpful to you, then, then ask for help with it. Uh, So that could be finances. It could be health issues. It could be help with personal relationships. And in terms of um, a recommended way to ask, I would just say, be specific and ask frequently. So Mm -hmm. there's no limit to the amount of help that you can have. It's not like in the physical world where you could only ask a person to do so much before they're like, I just don't have any more time. You know, Mm -hmm. they're not limited in the physical reality and the way that we are, and they can help everyone at the same time. So, so don't feel like, oh, I'm asking too much. Just keep asking, just keep asking for whatever it is that you need help with. And again, be specific. So I'll give an example let's say you're um, wanting to have more money, you find a penny on the ground, your, your prayer has technically been answered, <laughs> literally, you know, so you need to be clear and specific. Think of it as like placing your order with the universe. So clear and specific. If you have a timeline in mind, put that in. And then if you don't get that, don't give up. Um, don't think, oh, this doesn't work. But sometimes we have things that we're being guided to do that will help that process that maybe we're not picking up on. So learning to tap into your wishing helps. Um, also maybe there's things in our own life that are blocking that from coming in. So, uh, the analogy I give is our minds, our lives are very much like a Netflix queue. So if you watch Netflix, whatever you watch on Netflix, you get sent more of that, like in your queue and mm-hmm. your suggestions, mm-hmm. right? It's like this, this Netflix algorithm. Well, there's a, a universal algorithm. So you could be asking for, you know, positive, loving relationships, but if you're accepting toxic treatment from either a boss or a personal relationship or family member, then that's going to be what you're choosing in your queue. That's going to, you're going to get more of that sent your way. So the idea of manifesting, I think it's a complex topic because there's a lot that goes into it and don't feel like, Oh, I tried to bring this in and it didn't work. It doesn't work. You just have to kind of fine tune your process to figure out, you know, what is it that's not working? What do you need to shift in order for that to allow to fully come in? Do you believe in tests? Do you believe in universal tests that like, so if you say like, I want to, you know, I want a beautiful, loving person to come into my life, to have a loving relationship with me. And you have this pattern of like 
narcissists or people who are unavailable or, you know, like insert one of the, one of the common (laughs) things that, that people are like, if I only could have a nice man, but I keep getting these guys. Um, Do you believe that, that some are being sent or is it just that, that vibrationally we're still attracting that, that thing, if we're getting more of that pattern or are some of them just sent to be like, you said you wanted that. Let's make sure. Do you believe in tests? (laughs) Curious. Yeah, I, I believe in, in, in that principle, but I don't think of it as a test. I just think if it's like, you know, when you say no, that's when you're like saying, okay, yeah, I don't really want that. If you continue mm-hmm. to say yes, then you're like, I'm not really sure yet. Maybe on a soul level, there's something you're still learning. But I think ultimately a lot of what that comes down to is when we have an unconscious belief that's attracting certain patterns or situations yeah. to us. So I think it's also really important to learn how to clear those unconscious things that may be blocking the things that we consciously want. So there's many different things that you can do to, to help shift that. And most of the time we have at least an idea of what that is, but it also helps to learn specifically whatever the block is. And there's related um, beliefs that can crop up. So a couple of modalities that I found really helpful for me are tapping um, mm-hmm. emotional freedom technique. If you're not familiar with that, it's, it's basically the principle is you tap on these kind of pressure points and you say phrases that are helping you release unhealthy beliefs and then reinforce beliefs that you want to have for yourself. So there's tapping videos and scripts on, you know, money, on relationships, on receiving, on health, on weight loss, like whatever you can think of, there's tapping videos on that. And when I first heard about it, I think I was a little confused about it. And, and I want to say it doesn't always feel good while you're doing the tapping. Yeah because you're releasing this crud, this like intense energy. And I've had times where literally I cry when I do it or like mm-hmm. there's this physical release. Um, I teach so, tapping too. So I, Oh, like, great. Okay. So your audience is familiar, but it's just fascinating to me how, um, how dramatically it can shift and how I, it's such an intense release. And the other thing that I really like is emotion code. And that's where you work with a practitioner mm-hmm. and they help to clear, you know, certain specific beliefs um, and emotions that are held in the body. So I do both. I tap, I do it myself. And then I hire a practitioner to help me with releasing certain ones that I've identified that I feel like I could use a little extra help on. Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, that, that is, that is kind of the key because we're the, the subconscious stuff. That's what's keeping you in a, in an unconscious pattern. And that's that sort of, yeah. And it's sort of like that, that's energetically what you're, you're putting out it like we, our thoughts lie all the time, our words lie, but our energy doesn't. And that's coming from, you know, and that's like, we can push through the fear, but that, that doesn't mean the fear isn't there. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't come from a real place and it isn't sitting there waiting for the next time that maybe you can't push through it or maybe it's just not a sustainable um, or a recommended uh, way of dealing with it. It's, it's, it's better to clear it out and not have it come up anymore and, and open yourself up to, to like opening that channel again. Absolutely. And I think if you're struggling and on a conscious level, you want certain things, but you're having a hard time bringing them in on a a material level, on a physical level, then this unconscious programming or beliefs is likely to be the big thing. And 
And Mm -hmm. you can have done a lot of conscious work and there can still be these underlying programs that are really tripping you up and really thinking about your childhood and any messages that you may have gotten then are significant. Like in my case, I was born into an abusive traumatic situation. Like the program that I got about safety and security, which often is wrapped up with money, for example, were not good. (laughs) This is not a good, good set of programs that I had. So I had a lot of work to do to heal and shift that. And I think I'm still working at it. I mean, I've had major strides, but it's a process. So keep going. You know, that's the other thing I see psychically is a lot of people, whether you're working on clearing blocks or whether you're trying to bring in, you know, a goal that you have um, business or personal, most people give up right as they're about to have a major shift that the desire Mm -hmm. to quit or stop or the frustration or whatever you call it will be the strongest right before you're about to have a major breakthrough. So Mm -hmm. just know that. And just, if you can just keep going, you know, get the support that you need, whether it's a course or, you know, coach or a program, you know, great group of friends, all of the above, (laughs) preferably, Uh, but just do what you need just so that you feel supported and, and you can keep going through those times when it feels really hard. And just, just a question for you, curious what your, your, your point of view is on this, but do you believe that, that the, that the beliefs or the, the blocks that we have are all our own, or do you believe in them being passed down generationally, which for like for women, um, do we carry with us the fact that, you know, maybe this generation, I wasn't treated like property, but generations back. I didn't really have this. I mean, we couldn't vote like a little more than a hundred years ago. Like, you know, like there, and, and then taking it, not just for women, but for people of color and just all of this, like today there's you and your lived experience, but do you believe in the, you know, more epigenetic uh, passed down kind of trauma? So, so to speak. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, women, for example, it was only decades ago that we couldn't have a bank account without a man co-signing. I mean, mm-hmm. like, literally money, like the ability to own money and have it in a bank. So yes, first of all, a lot of these things are only a generation or two behind us. So, you know, if it impacted our parents or grandparents, it's, it's definitely still impacting us on some level and absolutely believe in epigenetics, the study of how um, our thoughts and environment impact ourselves. And I do believe that can carry through to even genetically this kind of intergenerational trauma that's carried in our, in our DNA. So yeah, emotion code, that's one of the things that they say that that helps with um, is okay. that sort of lineage aspect of it. And then you have that on a soul level, you know, there's your sort of soul DNA, your soul past lives and histories. So I think there's so many different levels to this, but the more that we work at it, 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 it does make a significant shift. And I've had this for the example, this past year, I did like 70 emotion code sessions <laughs> with, you know, uh, the whole COVID situation. And just like, I feel like everything was coming to the surface, you know, there's all mm-hmm. there, but it just really brought up a lot for people. And I also did a ton of tapping and it was crazy. Like I'd be doing a tapping video on money and like, literally I'd be getting registrations, like while I'm tapping, like, you know, these kinds of things happen. It really is impactful. Just, but just also know it's often like, there's a lot to move through. So just keep going, keep working at it, keep kind of chipping away. Um, there's that story of the, um, I think it was the gold mine, the, uh, man who started this really big insurance company years afterwards, but he had bought this gold mine. This was during the like gold rush days and he dug and he dug and he dug and he just, he just got so you know frustrated after doing it for so long and he gave up and he sold the rights to the mine to someone who within like a very short amount of time struck a major gold line. 
Mm-hmm. And But he said that later, I can't remember the, his name, unfortunately, that it just really taught him, like, don't give up. And so then he started this insurance company that became like one of the biggest insurance companies in the United States. And he had a lot of success in that business because he learned that principle. <laughs> he learned, like, you might just feel like you're just doing nothing for a while, um, but just hold on that faith. I mean, go intuitively as well, but eventually you will hit major success. It's inevitable if you keep doing these things life lessons for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the reason I brought up the the lineage thing was just because I think that it's easy for some of us or or one of the strategies we go to is to dismiss some things like, well, that didn't happen to me or I didn't have any of that or... Yeah, and, and, and you look to what you can remember and what like left some sort of visible impact on you. And sometimes it's just... I, I, I've... One of the things I've had to open myself up to is is trusting more that if I feel like something is wrong, not necessarily trying to figure out, figure it out, but diving into that feeling, feeling it all the way through. If it's irrational, doesn't matter. It just matters if I feel like I'm clearing something or I'm like intuitively guided to 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 move through something that doesn't it doesn't matter if I can remember the experience. It doesn't matter if if it's in my body and in my in my makeup, then unless it's serving me, it's got go (laughs) and not intellectualizing it too much. Yeah, I completely agree. And there's a lot of unconscious stuff that we aren't aware of for past life trauma or past life patterns. So, you know, it's so multifaceted. Yeah. There's the genetic component. There's our past life memories and experiences. There's, you know, whatever we were taught in this life. And then there's also just the society as a whole and this sort of collective there's, I believe there's this kind of collective imprint that we all go through. And when each of us starts to change, our beliefs, it kind of changes the whole collective. And so I think that's what you see that where the change always comes from the minority, these big life societal changes always come from the minority. Enough people are like, no, I don't agree with that anymore. It shifts. I I heard this recently and I really believe that our beliefs are just agreements with reality. Like we just Mm. have agreed on some level. Yep. That's how things are. And then we change what we agreed to, we can just change it. We could just say like, I don't want that anymore. <laughs> I don't believe that I choose yeah. not to have that. And enough people decide that it does change. It literally changes the world. And you see that with, you know, the civil rights movement with me too, with, you know, so many different things about enough people just saying, no, I don't stand for this. I don't agree. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, you know, one shift is a shift toward the whole collective. So it's, yeah. I, I completely, completely agree with that. Um, so thank you so much. This was, I literally could, could talk to you all day because this is just, I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated by all of this stuff. Um, and I thank you for coming on and just sharing so openly and, and digging in, in like my, my super uh, open format here where we just got to have a conversation. This was really fun. And I, I appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, it's really my pleasure. My favorite thing to talk about. And I, again, I believe in this sort of hundredth monkey idea, the more of us get these ideas and principles, we change the whole world and, and it's a win-win. It's all about making our lives better, making the world better for ourselves, for our families, for everybody. So thank you so much for helping people. And I, I particularly appreciate that your show helps the people in business tapping into this. Cause I think it's, it's the new way 
of the world. <laughs> and I think, and, and really because this, the show is really about, you know, stepping, stepping into your limitlessness, really recognizing that it's, it's for the people who feel that calling and maybe Maybe they haven't listened to it for a while, or they've been they've been hearing the call and they've been ignoring it or pushing it away, and the knock is just getting louder. That that this, you know, if there's any message that I want people to walk away with from this episode, it's whatever you think it will mean about you if you dive into this world, into this uh, into this space of of more your intuition and working with your guides and and stepping into the psychic space. Um, if it serves you and it makes you feel good and and works for you, then go with it. But try it and don't worry so much about it. It doesn't mean anything. It's just either going to be true for you and you connect to it or you don't. And but but don't don't have a preconceived notion about it because it's different than you think. Absolutely. Yes, I completely agree with you. <laughs> Thank you so much. So tell everyone where they can where they can hear more of this and and just get more of you and stay in contact with you. Amazing. So my website for this psychic spiritual work, psychic classes, readings is healingpowers.net. So tied in with my last name powers, healingpowers.net. And then I actually have a site where I do um, more kind of business trainings. Um, it's always going to be woo. Just every, everything I do is woo woo because that's that's me. Uh, but I teach uh, writing and publishing classes. I teach on podcasting because podcasting has been a huge um, platform for me in my business. And so that website is powershour.biz. And then you can find me on the socials, Twitter at that Laura Powers, Instagram at Laura Powers 44, the number, the digits, because um, that's an angel number. And then I'm also at Healing Powers on Facebook as well. And my email is bookings at laurapowers.net if you want to reach out. Beautiful. We will link all of that up in the show notes so that you don't have to worry about it. if you didn't get to write all that down, we got you covered. Um, Laura, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. This was so fun. And thank you to the listener who's still here with us, who made it all the way to the end of the episode. I always love to thank you and 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 give you a little shout out for, for making it through all the way to the end of the episode. We appreciate you. And remember, you are only limited by the limitations that you accept. And when you stop accepting those limitations, that is when you become limitless. So go out there, be limitless, and we'll see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more of this type of content and conversation in your life, please come check out our free Facebook community, Unlock Your Inner CEO, where you'll find next level entrepreneurs just like you. Go to innerceogroup.com to join. I'll see you there.